Are you considering homeschooling, but don't feel qualified or don't know where to start? Are you a homeschooler and feeling lost or just need some encouragement? This podcast is for you. My hope is that through everyday homeschoolers' stories, you will be encouraged, inspired, and empowered to and in your homeschool. I want to thank my friends and fellow homeschoolers, Cole and Lindsay Novak of Good Company, for allowing me to use their song, To Be Here Now. You can follow them on Instagram at music.goodcompany, their podcast, Good Company Podcast, on Apple and Spotify, as well as on YouTube. Early in our friendship, Erica was the crunchiest person I knew. It didn't take me long to see her for who she truly is, one of the most authentic and selfless people. Her ability to roll with the tide and be a lifelong learner is exactly why I wanted you to hear from her. From her story of an ideal school experience, to being a hippie newlywed living and working on a farm, to a free-spirited homeschool mama, you will definitely be encouraged to loosen the reins, trust the Lord, and freely live out your call to homeschool. Hello, Erica. Welcome. Hi. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm so glad you're here. You're an in real life friend. So this is a lot of fun because I feel like you have such a wonderful story to share because you like went one direction with your homeschool and you've gone completely a different direction in some senses. And so I can't wait for them to hear your story. So to start off, who are you? Who's your husband? How many kids do you have? All the things. My name is Erica Josie, and I'm married to the most wonderful man in the world, Daniel. And we have four beautiful and totally wild kids, nine, eight, four, and two. So what's your school experience? Would you... Were you homeschooled? Were you public schooled? What does that look like for you growing up? I, I feel like I was the most public schooled kid that there ever could be. I mean, starting at, I think I started going to school at two and I got a college degree. And honestly, I loved my public school experience. I loved it. I felt like I had a really unique experience. I grew up in Houston, so I went to a super diverse school. I felt like I got exposed to different cultures, but also a range of socioeconomic status. And somehow, while being in a really diverse school, also got a really quality education, which showed in college when I seemed to have an easier time than a lot of my peers. So yeah, I feel like as public school as you could possibly be. (laughs) So you had a great public school experience. I did, which is so weird that I'm where I am now. For sure. That is a wild ride. Um, So when you were in public school, did you know what you wanted to do or did you discover that in college? Um, I mean, I don't think I ever knew what I wanted to do. I was always really good at math and science. So my parents were like, you're going to be an engineer. And I was like, okay. And just kind of took it in stride, I guess. And so, yeah, I ended up studying biomedical engineering and really honestly excelled at it. It all always felt really easy to me. The whole 
the way we have the academic system set up, the way my brain works, I did really well in that environment and really enjoyed it. Yeah. So you got a four-year degree? Yeah. And then what did you do after you graduated college? Not a lot. (laughs) (laughs) I um, ended up marrying a hippie and we lived in Colorado playing. He was a raft guide. We lived on a farm for a hot minute and I waited tables. We were pretty broke. And then when we found out we were pregnant with our first kid, realized kids are expensive. We should probably reevaluate our lives a bit and just kind of drastically changed our whole lifestyle. So, you know, I I definitely want to speak positively about your parents, but how did your parents feel when you went to school, pursued this degree, and then did nothing with it? They were very angry. (laughs) (laughs) They thought I was throwing my life away, and I feel like I realized slowly over time, and honestly even more so since homeschooling, the view of education I have has like was through a completely different lens back then. I was like, oh, I love traditional education. Even if I didn't consciously have these thoughts, I kind of subconsciously felt that way and probably felt that way because I was good at it. But then slowly started to realize that that doesn't necessarily apply to anything worthwhile. Although I had a really high GPA and did this really difficult degree, I don't think that I would do well in that field at all. I couldn't apply any of the knowledge when it came to actually designing medical equipment. There were kids with really low GPAs that did a better job at that than I did. And so I think over time, I've slowly realized, okay, what actually is valuable in education? When did you first hear I mean, I feel like I had friends growing up that were homeschooled, and I was always surprised that they weren't weird. You know, you have this stereotype that they're weird, Um, but it was not something I ever wanted to do with my kids. I, you know, I had this great experience in public school. Why would I not repeat that for my own children, you know? I always assumed that they would just follow the same path I did. Yeah. And what was the point when you realized? So I think when my kids actually started to get closer to that kindergarten age, we, you know, I'm like this hippie at heart. We spent all day, every day outside. I took my littles hiking multiple times a week. And the thought of putting them in a classroom all day, seven days a week, didn't sit well with me. And so my initial thought was, I'm going to keep them home and we're going to spend our days outside, but this is only going to be like a year or two. And then I'm going to put them in public school. Your public school experience, you loved and you're at this, were you a hippie at heart then and spent a lot of time outside? How did you spend your free time? No, I mean, I was very much scheduled from the moment I woke up to the moment I went to bed with school and I was involved in you know, sports. They played school sports. And so I really wasn't as much of a hippie then. I feel like that was more as I got older. So, so what initially it was just it? the Lord every year telling me you should homeschool. And I was like, Ugh. like, I feel like I know so many women in the homeschool world that love homeschooling, that are all about homeschooling. I mean, I feel like you were that way. You just 
ate up any information you could find. You studied all the different methods, you read books, you listened to podcasts. And it was for me more of like, I guess I have to do this. And what's the minimal amount I can do and get away with this? It wasn't something that was like a passion or a huge desire. It was something that I felt like I was being told to do. So I was going to do it. Do you still ask the Lord every year if this is what you guys should be doing or do you all feel more sure that this is so just I the path your definitely feel like it's something I bring to the Lord and I I've promised that to myself because I don't want to just get caught up in my own plans and I want to make sure I'm doing what's best for each of my kids but I'm now in a boat where I hope we homeschool until they graduate and I Honestly, like still saying that out loud is shocking to me because I never in a million years thought that that's where I would be. What did you start off with, with homeschool? What age and did you have a method? Did you, I mean, like you said, you hadn't really researched anything. So what did that starting out look like for you? So my oldest was four. I started really young. Because again, I think still at this point, I had a lot of traditional schooling views of the more the better. And I had heard of classical conversations, which is, you know, if you don't know a classical style of education, which is a lot of memorizing for the young kids. And it's pretty rigorous, but it comes with curriculum for every subject that you could possibly need. And as like a type B unorganized person who felt like, okay, I'm just going to try to figure out this homeschool thing. It felt like a really safe place considering I was really insecure and didn't feel I could do anything on my own. I felt like I needed somebody telling me this is exactly what you do. So we joined a classical conversations community and it didn't take long to realize like this is not a good fit because this is not at all who I am. (laughs) It was like trying to force a round peg into a square hole. Yeah, but I remember that time and you really loved the community. And so it kind of kept, would you say that's what kept you in it? Uh, Maybe, but honestly, I think it was more insecurity. Like I really worried that on my own, I wasn't going to do enough or be enough for my kids to learn. And so I felt like I needed this more organized community telling me exactly what to do. And how long did you stay with CC? I think it was two or three years. I actually don't know. Um, (laughs) Either two or three years. And so, I mean, a good enough chunk of time to really kind of understand what it was about. And I'm thankful. That's more than testing the waters. That's really giving a good go. And it was honestly such this like orchestrated gift or our particular community dissolved and it kind of gave me permission to it forced me to look into doing things a different way okay then what was that next thing so um the next thing I really was just joining a wild and free group you know I had a ton of friends in it and it I loved the idea of just being in nature with friends and so I finally just did that and got over my fear of not doing enough. And then I kind of dove into this world of doing homeschool exactly like I wanted to do it. 
and it's been incredible. What does that look like for y'all? Since you're not doing CC, that kind of lays everything out for you. Now you're having to really start from the ground level, curating what y'all's learning methods and what you're going to fill your days with. So what does that look like now? Um, I feel like I'm all over the map. And so um, I have so many friends that either unschool or do Charlotte Mason or do traditional schooling. And I like do a little bit of everything. So I love the idea of unschooling, which is so funny because I thought I loved traditional schooling so much for so much of my life. And that feels like the exact opposite. But I think in doing CC for a couple of years and seeing how little my kids really retained from that, I just started to see more and more fruit from diving into the things they found interesting themselves because they remember every detail about anything they learn about something they're interested in. And so for most subjects, I like love going to the library and going to the nonfiction section and being like, what's something you want to learn about this week? You know, electricity, you want to learn about Egypt? Like, let's get some books and just read about it. And I find that that's so, it's so much fun. And I feel like it's really successful, at least with my kids. But then on the flip side, I, I, you know, I'm like, I have this engineering brain and I love math and it's like black and white to me. And so I do a very traditional math curriculum that's used in a lot of public schools. So I'm, and then I feel like I'm, you know, everywhere in between too. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's a huge thing going from classical conversation to school. And I think that's my favorite part of your story is where you start off, where you start off doesn't have to be where you end up. And even five years from now, your homeschool could look different. But what you have found now is that this unschooling is what works for you guys. And it actually fulfills you more than the traditional school that you thought was really fulfilling and a great way to learn. Totally, totally. And I've also found that removing this like organization and removing being told what to do has blessed. I feel like I have my two oldest are completely opposite ends of the spectrum when it comes to schooling. Um, I have one kid that's dyslexic and another kid who schooling and learning comes really easy as a really advanced reader for his age. And I've seen how homeschooling has been a gift to both of them. My dyslexic child also struggles a lot with perfectionism. And I can only imagine what sending her to school for those early years would have looked like. I just imagine her coming home in tears because she can't read like the other kids and because she feels this pressure and feels like she can't succeed and she's been given this gift of time to slowly learn and even reads for fun now and I really feel like if that had been pushed on her by peers and by a school system she would hate reading and then on the flip side Uh, You know, I have this kid who's just brilliant in so many ways, and he would spend his days at school bored 
And instead he gets Mm -hmm. to be at home and he gets to explore things like electricity that wouldn't be being taught in second grade because he loves it. And I get to provide that for him. And so I think that's probably the main thing that has made me fall in love with homeschooling is seeing like wherever your kid lies on the spectrum of like, I don't know, whatever you would call like academia intelligence, it can be such a gift. Yeah. So you talked about how you go to the library and you pick out books and based off of their interests, are they reading them or are you reading them with them? What does that look like? So the one who reading became very easy and took off they, he does a ton of reading on his own. Um, he still likes to be read to, so I still read to them. But we try to do a daily read aloud time. I love Sally Clarkson's idea of tea time. We try to do tea time. We don't get to it every day. I'm very type B, like I said, and not organized. It's not something that happens every day when my kids are excited when it happens. But we do try to read aloud every day. So I do try to cover at least something in history and try to point them towards biographies and books about certain time periods at the same time so that it's not just all over the place and confusing. And then try to read something from science, try to read something for fun, and kind of try to do one book of each category every day. I love that. I love that, especially for your dyslexic child who... I feel like when it comes to dyslexic children and adults, if they enjoy it, they're more likely to read it. And so have you seen that having her choose her books and what she wants to learn about has helped her with her reading and comprehension? Totally. A hundred percent. I, I feel like I could pick out books for my kids to read all day and they're like, not interested at all and the second they're they pick something out they're pushing themselves and exceeding even my expectations for them because they're enjoying it it's fun you know I think we're all that way we all excel when we're having fun absolutely we've talked a lot about your older two but what are your younger two doing when you're doing some sort of lesson reading with your other two? I mean, besides destroying my whole house. (laughs) That's an honest Uh, answer. (laughs) I want to be the mom that has sensory bins put together every day and these little fun things for them to do, but it's more of like just chaos. And I'm like, oh, they're distracted with clay right now. Let's do a quick reading lesson or math lesson. And so you don't, I think I, when I first looked into homeschooling, I just really felt like you had to be the type of person you see Mm. a lot in the homeschooling sphere, which is this like organized, put together, well-focused, disciplined person. And I aspire to be many of those things, but you, like, it's amazing what you can get done in 15, 20 minutes of just sitting down and being like, hey, let's learn this real quick. I love that. I think that speaks to a lot of people, even myself, because I'm a box checker and I get a lot of pleasure from checking boxes. 
And so knowing that you don't have to have some major structure to your day, you can still get a lot accomplished. You have this whole unschooling method that you're doing with your traditional math, but you also spent several months in a bus traveling around, living in very small square footage. How did you make that work, having books and maybe not access to libraries? How did you make that work? So yeah, homeschooling in the bus was really difficult. And I don't think I got much done if you were to look on paper and look at the number of lessons we got through. But my kids learned so much. And I really think that that experience was formative to my view of school and honestly just giving me freedom from this whole I've got to do X, Y, and Z. I've got to make sure that they are up to date on this or this because we learned so much just from having experiences together. We parked on a friend's farm for a while and we dissected a goat one day and learned how to dye fabric with flowers and had all of these really cool experiences. We went to museums that were in the States we hadn't been to before. And my kids learned so much more doing those things than they would from me sitting down and teaching them a little bit about history or anatomy. I think that is the epitome of home or of unschool traveling in a bus and just living life and getting to experience pockets of new things and I mean dissecting a goat is wild and something that a lot of kids most kids don't even get to experience dissecting something simple and a goat is just well, That's and they, <laughs> you know, to get to have something that you oh, totally. also eat. But I mean, this, this goat had died and they didn't know why it had died. And so the kids had a blast trying to figure out like, oh, look, its heart looks a little wrong. Its liver wow. looks wrong and trying to figure out, okay, like, what do we think happened to this goat? And so they loved it, which is awesome. That's amazing. Early <laughs> anatomy. <laughs> I mean, that's first and or second and third grade. Totally, totally. And it really did, though. It freed me. Like, I feel like since moving back into a house, I don't feel this weight on me to be at a certain point in our schooling or complete certain lessons because I just have seen the fruit of just having relationship with my children, paying attention to their interests, answering their questions, fueling their interests with books. And it's just so much more simple than I ever thought it would be. That's amazing. So what is Daniel's role in your homeschool? If he, he actually, he's such a good husband. He really wants to play a part and I realize how much of a blessing that is. And so, I mean, even down to, I was like, man, I really would love to add something a little more structured for literature. Will you kind of like research these curriculum and see if any of these you think would be like a good fit? And he was, he came back to me cause he was so well read as a kid, loves to read. 
And he was like, I feel like I could piece together a curriculum. And I was like, go for it. That would be awesome. <laughs> so he will That's periodically amazing. do like a lesson with dad when something naturally comes up, whether it's, you know, asking how boats float or like about saving money and investing money or business. He'll like sit down with a whiteboard and talk through things. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Those are very tangible real life lessons and that he's like I'll build a curriculum I know (laughs) like it's nothing that is so cool so you said you weren't really doing much with literature what do you what do you mean I think I just wanted more structure of like let's read through a classic novel together let's pay attention to different parts of a novel of a story you know of like setting and main character and problem conflict all these things and maybe have like planned out discussions surrounding it and stuff like that are you doing anything with grammar language no so that's something I would I would love to add in I mean we do all about reading which is really rigorous and we tried to do 100 easy lessons for reading and my dyslexic child struggled And I had read that all about reading can be really good for some dyslexic children. And so we switched to that and it has, it's been such a blessing for us, but it is very rigorous and it does cover some things like today they learned about personification in their little reading lesson, but I did want them to be studying some sentence structure and stuff like that, because I feel like I never really learned any of that and I don't understand it. So I think, again, it's probably an insecure thing, right? I feel like I don't know that I have the ability to naturally teach that to them. So I would love some structure in making sure that they're learning those things. If it makes you feel any better, I know I learned about it. <laughs> I don't remember any of it. <laughs> and here and I am. Educating your kids and they're amazing. <laughs> I'm, they're going to turn out fine. They'll be fine. Yes. <laughs> I really think we put so much pressure on ourselves of especially those of us in that went to traditional school. We're like, oh well, I learned this and I know this is a thing and we feel like totally. we need to do that. Well, also But slowly over time as you get confident, you realize yes. oh no, I don't know. I'll probably add in a language arts that. curriculum and in a year be like, Yeah, we didn't need to do that. <laughs> That's but awesome. That's I also amazing. Feel like I, as homeschool moms, there's this like added pressure. When you meet a homeschool child and they're brilliant and intelligent, you're like, wow, their mom's doing a good job. And when you meet like a mediocrely intelligent child who's been homeschooled, you immediately, I feel like in the world, the world immediately judges the parent or like, oh, they must not be doing a good job. When there's like not smart kids that graduate from public school every day and we don't blame the system, we're like, oh, it's just a not smart kid. But for some reason, as homeschool parents, we feel this like pressure to put out like perfectly articulate, well-read children. And obviously that's the goal, but everyone's going to have different strengths and weaknesses no matter how they're schooled. Well, it doesn't help when society tells us that you need a teaching certificate to teach your children or teach children. 
And so if you don't have that, you're like, okay, now I have to jog extra hard to make up for what I lack. When in reality, you have so much more to give because it's just you and your child. And there's literally, there's that, you know, old thing, the no child left behind. And you can't do that as a mother. We really want the best for our children because they're our children. We have the ability to see our children and to see their specific needs and their or their specific desires and answer those things as opposed to having a teacher with 30 other students. And so I really love that because you've taken what you have learned in traditional school and you've seen the value in it to an extent. I mean, you love the traditional math and that's the way your brain works. And so that's what you do. But you've also been able to pull back and see the real value of homeschooling, which is, okay, well, that curriculum didn't work. We're not going to do that. We don't need that much structure. We can do this instead and chase after those things because in, in the end we're not creating perfect students we're creating functioning adults who can contribute to society as opposed to um, children who get left behind because the system is um, not able to handle seeing the needs of each individual child Totally. And I feel for teachers because I know so many teachers and their heart is to love and serve each child to the extent that I get to love and serve my children. It's just not possible when you have 30 students. So it's not from a lack of desire even. It's just, it's not physically a possibility and it's such a privilege and honor to get to provide that for my kids. Absolutely. That's why, I mean, teachers are the gold standard. They're so many teachers out there that care so deeply and want to do those things that will help a student or class but the system the systems are hard um so that's why it's important to vote (laughs) (laughs) you would say that on the podcast with me your least political friend (laughs) I had to. I just had had to go there. Had to make you cringe just a little bit. (laughs) Okay. So now that you're teaching your kids at home, do you feel like your parents see any value, like, in what they provided for you as far as, oh, well, she had a great education that we provided for her and now she's able to pass that on to her kids yeah I think my mom my parents haven't really said much about it but they they're great and support me pretty much anything I do and I really I feel like I remember my mom early on saying some comment of like well you know, I think I made an offhand comment about my biomedical engineering degree, like not ever getting any use. And she was like, it equipped you to teach your kids math and science really, really well. And I thought that's, that's such a good perspective to have. Thanks, mom. And um, my mother-in-law is actually a public school teacher. And so I think in the beginning, she had some concerns because she had known people that didn't homeschool well. 
in mm. her opinion and have since I think in seeing just kind of the fruit of our kids and their life and their quality of life and their friendships they've made they've even made multiple comments of just that we're doing a good job and they're happy that they're homeschooled and so that especially coming from a public school teacher is just really affirming yeah I they affirm you it's kind of like oh okay (laughs) I don't know why we need that but it's just nice when you get it so is there anything that we didn't cover that you would like to talk about I think I just want to like reiterate the fact that you don't have to be passionate about homeschool to homeschool I mean I feel like it was not I it was not something I was excited about or loved necessarily and it's still been such a beautiful experience for my family and so if there's anyone out there feeling like man, I have all these friends that just know so much about all these different methods and curriculum. And I'm not that person. Like I'm not equipped to do this. That's not true. It's a lie. Like you are equipped to do this Mm -hmm. if you feel called to, or you desire it even a little bit and you can succeed in it and, and it not be a passion. Absolutely. That's so good. I actually thought of one more thing because you talked about starting something with your kids when they're about four. And now you have a four-year-old who really wants to learn, but you're like, oh, you really don't oh, need yeah. to. <laughs> She's... And... <laughs> But how are how are you navigating her desire and now your vision of you really don't yeah, have to start? I'm not this handling now. it well to answer your question. I very much have seen <laughs> that it is totally unnecessary to school four year olds, and that was just I feel like such a waste of time. But I know there was like good valuable lessons <laughs> learned. Um, but I had no desire to start schooling my youngers until they were six at the earliest. And my four-year-old's asking me to learn to read. And I really, I know I should take advantage of that. And I'm like, I'm not ready. I don't have capacity to teach you to read yet. And so I actually was just telling her, we're going to order her, you know, like her little first reading lessons to do because part of it with younger kids I think is just wanting to be a part of what their bigger siblings are doing and so um for so many years with littles I think I just was like I just need to get them distracted so I can teach the ones who need to be learning something right now and now I'm realizing I need to make more capacity for inviting them in and allowing them to pursue their interests too Yeah, that's that's the beauty of one room schoolhouse, but also the hard part because you're like, wait a second, I have these other kids yes. to teach, I, but they're wanting. And to I be think involved. it is just constantly evolving. Like the second you get into a rhythm with the season of life you're in, something changes. You know, right now her playing with the two year old has been best case scenario because two-year-olds distracted. I get to work with the olders in the school 
And I know the second I pull her into school, the little is going to also want to do school, but she won't be able to do what we're learning quite yet. And so there's just going to be a whole new dynamic that I have to face. And I just have been avoiding it. <laughs> I have one more question. Who is That's your so homeschool hero? read that question. Like, you know, a flood of women came to mind, but no one really stood out. Like I said, I was not super passionate about homeschooling. And so there's not any one person where I just am like, oh, I'm so influenced by the way you do things. Like, you know, I'm always inspired by so many women. Sally Clarkson inspires me. A lot of the old original wild and free mamas inspire me, like Kristen Rogers and Jodi Maccabee and uh, Bethany Douglas. But I don't feel like I do things the same way as them necessarily. I just constantly, and I like looking at women that are ahead of me and seeing the fruit of the work they've put in and, you know, can do my own work hoping for similar outcomes. I love that. I really do because we can get hyper-focused on one person and it can become like an idolization of what our ideal homeschool should look should look like. But you're like, no, I'm pulling from all these places. So that way it doesn't look like an uh, totally one ideal. And I you're think it's important to remember those women I listed, I don't know them. I don't have a personal relationship with them. So I don't see the struggles. I don't see the seasons of life where they're not finishing lessons or they are not living to the standard they've put for themselves. Hmm. And I think that's one of the reasons why community is so important because I'm also inspired by my friends that homeschool and I see them in the hard seasons of life when there's something going on with their spouse or their struggling with moving or X, Y, or Z. And I get to see them dig in and dig deep and still push through those hard moments. And I see them pour into their kids and I get to know their kids and see the fruit in their labors too. And that to me is almost more valuable than people I don't do daily life with. Mm, so good. Well, thanks, Erica. I hope I hope people got what I get from you, which is just, it's okay to not stick with totally. the plan and keep shaping and growing yourself and your homeschool to look the way it needs I to look for your you so family. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah.